Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Welcome to season four of Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. This podcast is not just information, but impartation and activation. We believe that every conversation will encourage, equip, and empower you to live the daily supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast and then share every episode with your friends and family and be activated. And welcome to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I'm your host, Jared Lasky. I just want to be a blessing to you guys and offer you, if you want to hear God's voice, if you want to prophesy, I've got a free download available for you called Five Prophetic Activations that is available in the podcast description right here. Uh, I had a testimony just yesterday on Facebook that someone was listening into a podcast episode of hearing God and prophesying, and I made that PDF available, Five Prophetic Activations, and they were able, I mean, she is an incredible woman by the name of Barbara, and God used her to give her first prophetic word to someone to encourage, comfort, and edify them. So I've got that PDF available for you, five prophetic activations. You can hear God's voice and prophesy. Every person with the Spirit of God living in them can be used by God for entry-level prophecy. Entry-level prophecy is the starting point of an incredible adventure in hearing God's voice and prophesying. Prophecy encourages, comforts, and edifies people. And our heart is to equip and educate you to hear God and prophesy, walking it out as a lifestyle. And that's why we created Entry-Level Prophecy eCourse on CharismaCourses.com. Through this powerful eCourse, you will be equipped to hear God and to prophesy. You will gain the necessary biblical understanding needed to take a step of faith and speak what you hear God saying to see people encouraged, comforted, and edified. In this course, you'll learn about the fruit of the Spirit, the character traits of God, how to receive and deliver a prophecy, how to judge a prophecy, and what foundation you need to prophesy, and what heart motivations are necessary to prophesy. When you enroll in this e-course, you'll also have access to bonus materials and our live coaching sessions. Go to charismacourses.com to purchase entry-level prophecy and learn how to hear God's voice and prophesy. I'm excited, guys, for today's uh, special guest. I've got William Wood, who is the author of Every Day, Every Day of Victory. He's victorious evangelist, equips people and empowers them in their identity. He's got the book Every Day of Victory. He's a global awakening associate evangelist and a graduate of the Global School of Supernatural Ministry. He's the founder of the Awakened to Victory Conference, and he travels the world equipping people to step into the fullness of what Christ paid for on the cross. And guys, his book is loaded with biblical principles so that you can walk in victory. So please help me welcome William Wood to Adventures in the Spirit. Welcome, William. Hey, Jared. It's nice to be here, man. I appreciate the invite. Well, it's an honor. It's a pleasure, brother. I was going through the book. I've got some quotes from it that, that I love to hear from you. But first and foremost, your story of how you came to Christ impacted me. It was powerful. It was supernatural. So can you share that of encountering Jesus for the first time? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting story, Jerry, because I really, I grew up an atheist. Uh, you know, my parents didn't really believe in the existence of God. So I kind of grew up with that same philosophy that, you know, that kind of foolish to believe in a creator. But really, the reality is one thing that proved to me as an atheist, you know, that got real was the fact that I grew up in Alabama. You know, it was a church on every single corner. 
And, but yet I never remember meeting a Christian or at least one that blew the cover, you know? And to me, I was like, well, if God is really real, then where's his people? And if he really filled his people by his spirit, then why don't they live differently than the rest of us live? For me, as a, as a teenager growing up, that proved to me that there's no way God could be real because his people live as if he isn't real. And to be honest, we kind of feel like we, we have a society in America where I would call us a Christian atheist. You know, we believe God exists, but live our life as if he doesn't. And so that's kind of was my teenage experience growing up and one of the reasons that I was an atheist. But, you know, like with pain and anything that you go through in life, it's always directed towards something. And for me, it just pushed me into a life of drugs, to a life of alcohol, to the point where I overdosed on drugs at the age of 20. In May of 2005, um, I'm in the hospital room. My kidneys had completely failed. My liver was failing. And as I'm in the hospital room for two weeks in intensive care, I would have this thought every night before I went to sleep. And the thought was, I hope I wake up to see tomorrow. Because I was an atheist, I'm, I was praying for Jesus or anybody to come help me, you know. Um, I just had this thought, I hope I wake up to see tomorrow. With the, this last night, you know, being in the hospital room, I had that thought. And all of a sudden, this bright light forms right in front of my hospital bed. It gets bigger and bigger until the it's like the, the size of a door. And I'm just intently at this light. And all of a sudden, I see a figure of a man walking to me uh, through this light. And he steps into the room where I'm sitting. And when I say I was, I'm seeing this, this, is, this isn't a figment of my imagination. I'm seeing this with my natural physical eyes. And as soon as he steps into the room, my entire body begins to vibrate and to shake under this power. But at the same time, there was such a love accompanying this, this gentleman that I knew whoever, whoever he is, he's not here to hurt me. He had a gown on, he had brown hair, uh, but there was such brightness of the light coming from his face, I couldn't make out any features of his face. So he walked right to the foot of my bed and turns like he's going to leave. But instead of leaving the room, he just sits down on the floor uh, like he's waiting for something. He crosses his, his hand, and all of a sudden he looks over to the right side of the room, so I look over, and when I do, the wall completely opens up. And a river of water begins to flow from the wall into the room right in front of this man is sitting. He begins to wash his hands in this water and an audible voice speaks to me. An audible voice says, the waters that you see purify and cleanse you if you receive Jesus the Christ as Lord and Savior. And I, so I just responded yes to this voice, you know, this vision, whatever it is, it disappears. This power goes inside of me and I, and I, and I vibrate under this power all night long. Wow. Well, that's a powerful testimony, brother. I mean, totally supernatural. I could relate some of my testimony of when I first encountered the Holy Spirit in a hospital room. I had a burst appendix when I was 17 and encountered the presence of the Holy Spirit, felt the hand of Christ upon my head and, and fire and oil zip through my body. I'm, I mean, that was impactful. I didn't serve Jesus like I should have for the next seven to eight months or so until I quit everything cold turkey, man. I want people to know that this is natural this is naturally supernatural jesus loves everybody and he can come to you in power and he can empower you you're you're an equipper you know what was the process for you to connect with global awakening and then become an evangelist for them well it was act it was funny because right after this experience you know that power that came over my body it, it got so intense it, it knocked me out that night you know i wake up like 12 hours later with the doctor just shaking me and when i come to william 
we've been doing tests on you all day long for 12 hours. Like not only your kidneys better, not only is your liver better, but it's as if you've never done drug war your whole life. Like you don't even have any reason to be here. And so they discharged me from the ICU. I get home uh, with my father. And one of my cousins come over to hang out with me and we're just hanging out on the couch and we're having a normal conversation. And all of a sudden I start speaking in, in different languages to it. And which is, of course, tongue. And so just imagine sitting on that couch, hanging out with your friend. All of a sudden you start speaking these different languages and it goes on for like four or five minutes. And my cousin like, man, what in the world is that? I said, well, I think I need to tell you about this experience I had at the hospital. And so I explained it to him. At this point, I didn't know that I was a Christian yet because I'd never been to church, never heard the name Jesus spoken outside of uh, being experienced I had in the hospital. And I tell him about the experience, and he says, well, it sounds like you're a Christian. And I said, well, what do I need to do? He says, you need to go to Walmart. You need to buy this black book. It has gold letters on it. It says Holy Bible. You need to buy this book. It's going to tell you everything you need to know about being a Christian. And so that's exactly what I did. I go on to buy this book. I start studying the Word. And I read the entire Bible in about 40 days. And so that kind of was the launching time for, for me as, as a Christian. Well, I get into the book, to the end of the Bible, and I realize in Hebrews 10, it says, do not forsake the assembly. So I knew I needed to start finding a church to get plugged into. Well, I find this vineyard church. I get plugged into it. Well, then about two years, I'm already a youth pastor at this point. And then I moved to a college pastor and an associate pastor. And during that time, about six or seven years just goes by. And the Lord is just doing so many tremendous things in my heart. But during that time, I would often go to sleep at night with this this dream like of ministry to the nations of the world and seeing multitudes of people coming and just laying at the altar, receiving Christ as their Lord and Savior. But my natural uh, circumstance or natural situation was that I was from a town of 3,000 people. Like it was a big deal for us to leave the county, much less go to a different state, much less go to another country. And when the Lord started giving me these dreams, I mean, it was birthing something on the inside of me. And what the Lord taught me through that process is this, you know, in order for you to fulfill your destiny, you first have to see it on the inside. Because if you don't see yourself healing the sick, you don't see yourself raised dead, you don't see yourself proclaiming the gospel, you don't see yourself on the inside doing these things, you will often not accomplish them on the out. And so as I'm an associate pastor, I'm in my prayer time, and the Lord brings uh, this man's picture to my mind. And what was the picture of uh, Dr. Randy Clark? And the Lord speaks to me, says, William, I want you to step from your position. And I want you to connect with this man. He's going to become Starlet uh, Spiritual Father. Now, I knew who he was. I heard his name before, but I had no uh, interaction or connection with him whatsoever. So I get the board together, exactly what the Lord told me. And he said this. He says, well, I knew this day was going to come. He said, I saw the calling on your life, but I didn't want to tell you because we didn't want you to leave. <laughs> and immediately I, I, I put this application in to go to uh, Global Wing uh, School of Supernatural Ministry. And I get there and meet Randy within about about eight months or so. Because how that happened, I had to write a paper of my salvation experience. And I turned it in. The story is just my story. It's normal to me. But I realize now it's not too normal to everybody else, you know. And so the, the teachers get it. They show it to Randy. Randy says, I need to meet this gentleman. So as a student, he calls me to his office. I sit down. He says, William, I read your story. 
I believe you're sovereignly called by God to, to minister, joining me as an intern. And that's kind of how the connection happened. Wow, I love that. So I saw Randy years ago. The Albany Vineyard in Oregon was having protracted meetings for a couple of years. And he was the first person. He brought like a team of 12 or 13 or 14 interns, disciples. And he was one of the first people on a platform that I saw hand over the platform to everybody else using the way he said it, little old me. And they were calling out the words of knowledge. And I was like, that is a great model where you equip people where it's not not just about the person on the platform, but it's about the people who are with you and the people in the audience to be activated. He's one of the first people I've seen having other people in the audience pray for the sick and prophesy and things like that. So I love that. I think it's great that you're aligned with Global Awakening. I've had Dr. Hutchings on before. Just incredible what God is. I was telling you earlier, uh, I'm excited that they've got this PhD and a demon program and things like that. Uh, but what have you seen God do through you in, in some of the nation as you traveled? What, what has God been doing through you? Well, because of my experience, you know, it kind of launched me into ministry. It kind of launched me into this victorious mindset because I had a power encounter. You know, I was, I was an atheist. I was a drug. I was a, a sinner. A, and the deepest level of unbelief as you can possibly be. And overnight, I mean, literally overnight, I was completely transformed by this experience. And so it kind of catapulted me, it launched me into this mindset or this perspective, like this one-step Jesus, right? <laughs> like he is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. Like when I look at any situation in comparison to Christ, you know, what can really oppose him? Like, is there such a thing as a Goliath in comparison to Christ? I, I don't think so. Because you realize he is the, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And because of that, my main focus everywhere that I go is to connect people to that reality. Just as how victorious they really are in Jesus. And if I can connect people's identity to that truth, I know everything else is going to kind of fall into place for them. Because... When you look at the person of Jesus and you look at the things that he was doing going to the cross, I like to say it this way. Everything that he was defeating going to the cross, he placed us in victory over by the cross. So the victory that aimed is the foundation in which we begin. And uh, I just recently had this, this gentleman submit a testimony to me. He watched, uh, watched a program I did on, on Sid Roth's Supernatural. And I was just describing how to worship God as an act of spiritual warfare. Well, he starts worshiping the Lord in his in his bedroom at the time. He's oppressed by the demonic spirits, being attacked on, on a nightly basis. From the very moment he started worshiping the King of Kings and taking his attention from the demonic and putting him Jesus, immediately all the demonic oppression spirits attacks that was coming against him just stopped immediately lifted it off of him he's like I, th I think i am a new person like jesus has set me free and so we're seeing many things like that i was just recently at a at a conference in woodland park at andrew womack's uh, ministry and just doing the preaching just teaching the word of god this victory just the mindset of having a victor mentality versus a victim mentality Someone is hearing the message, hear three loud pops in, in, in the room. They stand up and they realize three loud pops was the three slip discs that they had in their back that popped back into alignment just through the hearing of the word, just through the proclamation of truth. Wow. I love that. That's, that's exciting. Uh, so you've got this book, Every Day a Victory, 
as you're teaching people, equipping people how to live in victory, as you said, have a victor mentality, not a victim mentality. We live in a day and age where a lot of people play the victim. They blame other things, other people, other organizations or the government or things like that, but we can live in victory through Christ Jesus. So in your book, I'd mentioned that there are some quotes that I'd love to talk about. And so one of them, it's just so good. You say that the devil, so I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, the devil is not in the place of authority in your life unless you agree with him, unless you agree with him. Can you explain that? Because some people blame everything on the devil, but we have victory. So from that place of victory, as we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, what can we do? Absolutely. We're, we're in, the, in the place of victory. We're in the place, one, it's in the place of authority. And what empowers the enemy in our life is our human agreement. And I, I like to point people to, to Jesus when he was in the 40 days in the wilderness. Now, you'll notice when you study that time, there are no recorded miracles that Jesus performed after he came out of that season. And he didn't really address the demonic in, in public until after he comes out of this wilderness season. But during these 40 days, he's in a private place, and he, and he goes to confront uh, Satan. And one of the temptations that Satan came against Jesus with is that if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Notice what he says. If you are, command. He was trying to get the identity of Jesus to come under his influence so that he can usurp the authority of his voice to authorize his own purpose. And so what I mean when I say that we empower the demonic is simply when we allow our identity to come under the influence of his voice through human agreement or whatever it is, we actually allow him to usurp our own authority to authorize his own purpose in our life. And for me, every time the enemy opens his mouth to speak, I deny what he says. Someone said, William, you live in denial. Uh, absolutely. Every time the devil talks, I deny it. So for me, truth is what equips me to, to silence the bull of the liar, because you, if you notice, that's one of the main things that empowers the enemy is ignorance of truth or deception. Well, you've got another quote about, and this is, I think, in chapter one. You said that the more you thought about it, the more you realized that God wanted to train you to think about situations differently. He, so God, wanted you to see yourself as part of the solution. We don't view ourselves as part of the solution. We can become part of the problem. Can you elaborate on that? Absolutely. One of the things that I wanted to do after my encounter was just learn the ways of God. And one of the things I noticed when I began to study scripture was that the primary way that he works on the earth is through people that formed in his image. I mean, you look in Genesis 1, uh, 26, you know, he said, let us make men in our own image. And then, then he goes on to say, and let them have dominion, right? That reveals the context in which God chooses to call the earth. That is through people formed in his image that he has them dominion over the world. And so when I looked at that word dominion, I realized, well, the condition of the world is my responsibility to, to do something about it. It's my responsibility to steward. It's not necessarily God's responsibility. It's through us that he wants to impact the world. And once I realized that, that changed everything for me. I realized, oh, I'm sitting here praying for God to do what he's already asked me to do and commissioned me to do to partner with him. Because if you look at it, 
The most beautiful gift that God has given us is, is our will. And the reason he gave us a will is because he doesn't want slaves. He wants children. He wants us to follow, follow him out of our own desire to follow him, not because we're programmed like some robot, because we choose to submit our will unto him accomplish his. And so I people this, in, in many ways, God has chosen to limit his will according to the vision of ours. I was actually walking by this neighborhood one time, and at the time, I was just complaining to God about this neighborhood because the people didn't take care of the neighborhood. There's trash everywhere. They didn't mow the lawns. They didn't take care of the homes. They didn't feed the children. And it just really bothered me. And I was talking to the Lord about it, and he said, once you role model what it means to have respect for your community. I said, you know what? You're right, Lord. <laughs> and, and so I adopted this neighborhood. And once a week, or maybe sometimes even two or three times a week, I would go there and I would just ask people, what were their needs? Like mowing their lawn, fixing their home, cutting, you know, whatever it is, taking care of their children, buying groceries, just praying. Within a year, I saw over 500 people get to the Lord. Within two years, they were, all, they were cleaning up their own neighborhood. They were taking care of their own children, mowing their own lawn, uh, taking care of their own households. And I realized in that moment that what I did was I just simply role modeled what it looked like to have pride and respect for where you live and to value that. And, just, and, and, and that's one of the things that I mean when I say when you don't realize that you're an answer, you can become part of the problem because it's so easy for us to point fingers and blame rather than actually role model what it means to live a different life. That's right. That is so good, brother. You've got another chapter in your book, Every Day of Victory, where you give people biblical tools or biblical weapons to to fight and anchored in their identity in Christ. and. I know that we need to hear that more about who we are in Christ, whose we are in Christ, you know, our identity in him created in the image of God. So can you share some of those biblical tools for people to fight the good fight of faith? Well, when you look at in Ephesians chapter six, there it talks about the armor of God. But one of the things that you'll, you'll notice that is when you study those passages is that it's our responsibility to put on that armor. He provides we're the one that appropriates what he provides, put application to it. He gives the provision, but we're the ones that that provision flows through. And, and for me, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 says, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And so the weapon of warfare we have is the word of God, the word of truth. And this is the main area that I focus on throughout the book and all throughout my life is that I identify what God's ultimate truth is in every area of my life. And I apply that truth is to set my beliefs, to set my values, to set everything that I live according to, because I know that truth is my weapon of warfare. But I do want to give an example of this. Not only do you need an understanding of truth, you need an understanding of the application of that truth. For instance, if I have a sickness coming against me, I can use truth fight against that sickness, but I could, if the truth, only truth that I'm using is the Hebrews 13, 5, where he'll never leave me nor forsake me. That's truth, but it's a wrong application of that truth, depending on my situation, because that truth isn't directly fighting against the sickness, it's bringing comfort to the soul. In that situation, I need to use 1 Peter 2, 24, Isaiah 53, verse 5, that for by his wounds I am healed, and then use my voice to speak to that sickness and say, you know, I'm not 
sick, trying to get well. I am healed, resisting sickness. And so I speak to you, sickness, and I tell you that by his wounds I am healed. And so you're a lie, and I break agreement with that. And because of this, Jared, I haven't been sick in about 18 years. Well, let me take that back. One day over the past 18 years that I've been sick because I've learned how to use truth as my weapon of warfare, not just have an understanding of it, know when to apply that truth. Amen. That's so good. Apply that truth, guys. Those of you who are watching or listening, apply the biblical truth to your lives. Walk in your identity with Christ and live in victory, as William is talking about. He's got this new book out called Every Day of Victory. It's available wherever books are sold. You could get it on Amazon. I actually put in an Amazon link for you guys in the podcast description here. Well, William, can you pray for us? Can you pray? Just be led of the Spirit, whether it's for healing or whatever, you know, so that people can live and walk in victory. Absolutely. I believe there's many of you listening or watching right now, and you've been tormented in your mind and your heart. And the past three or four years, has this been an increase of, of this battle, this, this anxiety, worry, depression, fear. The enemy is having is coming against us as the people of God, trying to project, put these things on us. And so I speak right now to every person that's dealing with those areas. And I speak right now over your mind, over your heart, over your emotions. I desire the blood of Christ to come to cleanse those areas, to bring restoration to those areas of the heart. And so, Holy Spirit, right now, I ask that there will be a manifestation of your spirit upon them with a fresh activation of gifts, with a fresh demonstration of power in them and through them. And I even feel like the Lord right now is touching many people's memories associated to pain. And I just speak healing over every memory right now that's associated to those to those areas of trauma. And I declare, declare and decree healing in the name of Jesus. And I even speak rest over the soul. You know, many people go to sleep at night, but their soul never rest. And I speak rest over the soul in the name of Jesus. Thank you so very much, William, for being my special guest on Adventures in the Spirit. What is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information? Yeah, well, our landing page is hiskingdomrings.org. Uh, it has all our information on that website. We have testimonies that you can submit. So it's a landing page for us. Awesome. Well, people can submit testimonies. So if you're watching or listening into this, reach out to hiskingdomrings.org. Let William know what God did in you and through you during this time of the power of the Holy Spirit moving upon you through William's prayer. And I want to encourage you guys, buy his book. I've got an incredible copy. This this book is biblical truth. It's practical, and it will teach you how to live in victory. Thank you so much for listening to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that activates you to live the supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends. Leave a five-star rate and review, which helps us reach more people with the love and power of the Holy Spirit and partner with us at firebornministries.com. And may you live your best spirit-empowered life and have your own adventures in the Holy Spirit. It's game day at Raising Cane's. If you want to order like a champ, it's action off the field you need to focus on. The only play you're running is chicken. So what combo are you picking? Make it a perfect season. We've got tailgates of hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade. 
all available to order online or on our app. Touchdown! This season is about to be unbeatable. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. <laughs>